Talk shit, do what we do best, right? All right. Yeah, I'm here for it. Love it. First of all, how did we get into all the different stuff? You know, we just said we you, you do a lot. You wear many different hats, right? Managing it is one thing. But how did you end up stumbling into something into them all, like nervous system, somatic, binge and it's it's under the same umbrella, right? Health and wellness. What yes. The different well, niches within that umbrella. Uh, well, personal experience, really. Uh, so I had a binge. I, I had binge eating disorder, among other disorders, since I was an adolescent. So uh, it was like my own personal journey, and I, I never knew I'd coach about it or podcast about it. But um, when I recovered, I, um, I. I, I remember like laying in bed one day and thinking if I, if I get better, if this actually works, um, then I, I just want to help other people do it because that's, that's what I, I wish I had someone helping me. Mm-hmm. So I did recover and then, um, and then COVID happened and I stopped working because like I had to homeschool my kids and I just started, uh, writing about it and posting about it on Instagram and, uh, it caught on. So it became, it became its own thing. And I, and I took it full time. And then I started to, um, think about the nervous systems relationship to it just because my old work, I used to be an occupational therapist and it had to do with it a little bit. And I just started looking at that angle of things. And then I got into that and I started training and one thing kind of just led to another in my own process. Wow. Why do you think people fall into the binge eating cycle? Particularly binge eating because usually they're trying to push their bodies um, too far too fast. So I, for example, I I have an Italian background genetically and we are curvier folks. So I always thought I needed to be, you know, what I grew up. I mean, now it's changing a bit. Curving curves are, are back, I suppose. But when I was growing up, it was like Kate Moss. Yeah. You know, she was she was the one. Uh, so I was trying to be like a size zero or a size two and my body was like, no, that's not happening. That will not happen. But I kept forcing it and forcing it. And, um, I wouldn't take no for an answer. And so my body at some point was like, okay, this has gone on long enough. And it started to rebel, um, which I was, I resented and I was angry about, and I kept trying to push it down and my body kept saying, no, no, no. And that turns into binge eating. And I think, you know, when we're trying to push our bodies too hard or out of the plate, you know, out of their comfort zone too, too much for too long, they start to uh, rebel about it and it turns into binge eating. And because we don't really understand why that's happening, it feels like it should be something that we have under our control or that we can just will our way into a certain size. Um, you know, I think we just keep digging the hole deeper and the body gets madder and madder and we binge harder and harder and it becomes its own monster. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like we, after a after a binge eating, you know, finanza, we ended up fucking starving ourselves even more and going even further onto the left side, which means we go further onto the right and this pendulum right. just gets wider and wider. And it's like, whew, how would you stop that cycle? Like it, 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 that's, that's real difficult. That's, that was the whole thing. Well, it was interesting because I, like you're exactly right. What happens is that you binge, you start binging. And in order to control the binging, you restrict harder. Mm. Um, and I, I went to, I went to, you know, treatment centers. So I, I was in eating disorder clinics and kind of that's 
not that they taught us to restrict. That wasn't, it wasn't quite so bad as that. But there was this idea about like, well, being moderate and then just eating in this moderate way as a way of, you know, like healing. And my body was like, no, I need to eat this food. Like I need to eat a lot of food in order to gain the weight back that I need to gain back in order for me to feel back in balance. And so um, I don't think that there's a lot that that's why I wanted to coach because it was kind of like, there is this period of time that your body does need to be eating a whole bunch of food to, to restore itself in order for those binges to stop. And that I don't think meets with like, it doesn't see, it seems pretty counterintuitive. Mm. So that is, I think why it's so hard to get out of it, because I think that most of the narrative around it is like, you know, just, you know, eat, don't just eat, eat, eat a little, eat, eat, eat moderately. And really the body's like, no, I need to eat a whole bunch of things for a whole lot of time. So the way that I work with people is to sort of hold their hand through that process. And I think that's what I needed because it's so scary. It's really scary to allow your body to eat what it needs in order to feel level again mm. and to get it into back into its safe zone, um, which is really all it's just been trying to do. Um, and as you gain weight potentially through that process, it's tempting to just turn around and run the other way. So that is like the, the hardest part I think of, of, of healing from binge eating is, is allowing your body to like get back to balance. And in so doing a lot of times there is weight gain involved in that and to feel like you're not doing something wrong and also to trust that it will at some point that, that, that those urges will stop. Yeah. And it seems like you're fighting against your own psychology you know, fighting against yeah. your own head a lot of the time. It's just like, well, we need to eat a significant amount of food to be able to recover. And then the brain's thinking, wait, hold on a minute. No, we we, we still need to go the left side. We still need to reduce it. And, it's like, ah. and then when, when we are reducing it, it's like, oh, well, now we need to eat. And it's just this weird disconnect. Yeah, black and white. Black and white, yeah. Like when you need yeah. to be black, then you're white. When you need to be white, yeah. you're black. You're like, fuck, how do we get that back in balance? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I, that's, that takes a lot of time. And I think like consistent feedback. So one of the ways that I work with people is through, I do WhatsApp, which is not so big here in the States, but it's bigger everywhere else. Um, I coach through WhatsApp during the, like in between sessions, because I think you need someone literally in your ear almost every day yeah. to be like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. This is a, like, this is, this is okay. It's okay to not go to this extreme or that extreme, like to keep yourself sort of in the gray area and to the extent that you even can. Um, but I think that it's so scary and black and white thinking is so much easier that like to, to interfere with that pattern of thinking is like, it's almost like you need that objective eye on things to come in and talk you down, talk you off the ledge a little bit um, every day because yeah. you're eating every day, multiple times a day. This is not one of those things that, you know, it's, it's constantly in your face. It's constantly a struggle. There's always susceptibility to like losing your mind <laughs> as you're doing this. And so for me, um, I, I, that's what I wished. I was like, I wish I had somebody to like talk to every, literally every day because that's how much support I really needed, uh, around this. And so that's what I try to give other people. I mean, to the extent that I'm able to talk, you know, but, but, but yeah, every day. Yeah, for sure. I think we underestimate how much support we need in, in positions like that. Right. Cause it is an extreme thought process. And yeah. to your point, it is a beautiful point that we do eat every day. <laughs> You are, you <laughs> are thinking, it. yeah you are thinking like that multiple times a day if not all day every day yeah you know? so it's not like one counseling session a week 
job done, thumbs up, you're right. going to be sound. It's like, mm, maybe not, guys. Maybe we need one point of contact each day, two points yeah. of contact each day. Even if yes. it's just a flick of a text, you know, it's that it's sometimes all the support we need, just some of these little pitter patters on a screen. You're like, you know what? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm on the right path and all good. Yeah, exactly. And that's where the nervous system stuff came in. Cause like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like sometimes I just need, whether it's about, whether it was about food or it's about whatever it's about now that I get, you know, dysregulated around. And sometimes I just need someone else that I trust to sort of just be a sounding board and to be that sort of calm in my storm so that I can, I can remember like, oh, right. Like, okay. Like everything that feels so big and catastrophic in my own head when I can use someone else to bounce off of, like I can find my center again in just a word or just a, just their presence and that co-regulation with other people um, is so important. And we lose it in eating disorders because we become very much in our heads and we start to isolate a lot of times. um, And, and you lose the sense of, of what support really means and, and, and how much we need it as humans to find our footing and to find our centers and to stay balanced. Um, so that's where like nervous system stuff started to come in for me when I, I was noticing the impact that, that people were responding to having a touchstone, um, and needing another human that just felt like a safe place. Um, so I started looking into like the nervous system and how that works and how we feel safe, uh, how we feel calm, um, and how we feel connected to ourselves and how that gets, how easily that gets disrupted and how to get it back. Yeah, we definitely live in a high cortisol environment, right? High cortisol time. We're always contactable all the time. We can work pretty much all day, every day now. You know, the light bulb, we got computers, we got phones, like everything. You can fucking do your emails on your phone, sitting in bed at 11 p.m. at night. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're always stressed out. We're always freaking out over something sympathetic nervous system just through the roof right and what i found like kind of relating it back to very primal sense of in the gym right people now have have lost the ability to sprint to turn it on because they are always turned on so to speak they are always in a sympathetic nervous state rather than okay cool we, we relax we recover we can come in we can sprint we can go fast we can whatever we can do this and then we can calm back down people can calm down but they also yeah. can't hit the the peak of the pyramid either so they're in this mm-hmm. consistent stressed state and they're always freaking out and can't recover and can't sleep and you're like what the fuck is going on guys yeah must be me <laughs> yeah. i must not be working hard enough yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go that's the negative cycle again right that that internal yeah. dialogue of like Oh, I mustn't be doing enough. It's like, guys, doing more is rarely the answer. Like, yeah. Do less better. Yes. Do less better. Do less better. Uh, yeah, because otherwise you're burning out. Mm. Um, but and even if I find that when people are resting, there's you're feeling so badly about it, or like you shouldn't be, that it's not really restorative because you feel guilty for doing it, you know, because mm-hmm. you're lazy and because the expectation is that you would produce more and, and do more. So um yeah, I don't know. That's that's a how do we change that <laughs> is a different question. I mean, that's systemic. Um but it's I mean, a lot of the stuff that I talk about with people is like how do we how do we function in a world that is kind of working against us and we are swimming upstream against like hustle culture and 
um, diet culture and wellness culture and things like that. If, if the rest of the world is promoting all of that and we're finding that that's making us sicker, how do we, how do we, how do we find, which is, that's the trick. And and I think that's the hardest part about all of this and why, and, and it is in constant need of support. I think, I mean, I still need support around that um, because it's hard to not buy in to the, temptation to just keep doing and achieving and becoming and working harder and doing more. That's for damn sure. Right. And I think, um, I think we need to figure out our own way of doing it. You know, I think people yeah. need to take independency from their own, through our own actions and own lives. Right. They take accountability. You know, we've now seen the birth of this. Have you got a morning routine? All right, cool. Let, let me, let me yeah. see your morning routine. Yeah. But it takes you two and a half hours. Like that's, that's not realistic, mate. Like, nor do I have a sauna and an ice bath in my bloody house or apartment, you know, and I'm, nor am yeah. I going to journal with some scented candles all the time. Like it's not yes. going to fucking work for me, you know? And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, where is this balance? Where is this state of balance? And I think that balance is found in yourself. You know, yes. you, you got to figure that out. Like, okay, cool. Am I going to get up and go for a walk for five minutes? Maybe, maybe not. Mint. Okay, cool. Are you going to journal? Are you that type of gal, guy or gal? No. All right, Mint. Do something else. You know, it's just finding that that kind of steady state where we can. All right, let's just forget about the world for a second. I'm going to have five minutes. I'm going to have thirty minutes. Whatever it is. All right, let's find my neutral, find my homeostasis, right, and then we can catapult into the world. But the big thing is being able to switch off at the end of the day, right? Like getting revved up for the start of the day, I find people can do it. I mean, we all love coffee, right? If you don't, you're a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> do you like coffee? I, I love coffee. No, oh, I drink it every day. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think there's people <laughs> Talking that, to the right people. People that can get through without coffee. Just, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong it, with them. That's my ritual. That's my morning routine. Mm, probably too much for me, but hey, you got to pick your poison, right? It could be worse. <laughs> yes. could be cocaine. But a <laughs> <laughs> bit extremes. But the down regulation from the end of the day, I don't think helps. You know, I think um, like having a conversation with my missus yesterday with like people um, f- kind of relying on pharmaceuticals to down regulate. Yeah. You know, whether that's over the counter, whether that's marijuana. I know it's big in the States now. Canada, obviously the same. Uh, Portugal, it's good. Netherlands, some countries aren't whatever it's kind of hit and miss right but people are looking for some sort of substance to bring them down and then some sort of substance to bring them up and it's like have we lost the ability to do that ourselves well probably if you're living in the world in like the fast pace because of what you're talking about like where you're working until you're working in bed and you're or you're, you know, I got to get the gym in, you know, and I, I, after work where, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're fitting things in where we can in all the hours of the day that we could possibly fit them in, um, where that's supposed to be hours where we're down regulating, you know, and we're like that, that's supposed to, I mean, that's what our bodies are designed for. And our world is just not caught up and we're doing more and more and we're working into the night and we're exercising, you know, in, in the evenings and things like that and changing the cortisol patterns and things and lay down at night. And, and then that's what I'll hear too. People will say, well, if I tried to go to sleep earlier, I would just lay there wired because mm-hmm. I'm not tired yet. And it's kind of like, that's, that's a whole process of changing the, the, the system in your, you know, the way your body's working because yeah, if you're 
if your mind's going a mile a minute all day long and hasn't had a time to switch off, it's not just going to do so just because you decided to lay down. You know, it's not the same as rest. For sure. That's, um, I like to backload food. Me personally, I like to backload a shitload of food in the evening because if I got a full stomach, it knocks me out. I got to sleep straight away. I'm <laughs> like funny. a baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that happened to me the other night. I actually, I went to, I went to, like, I went to get in bed and lay down. I go to bed relatively early, um, and I was hungry. I was like, "Damn!" Because I didn't feel like getting out of bed. But I was like, "If I don't go and get something in my stomach, I'm going to wake up in the night and I'm going to yeah. mess this." You know, and that's another thing that people will be like, "Well, I just get to sleep, so I'll, I'll just." mute that hunger. And then they're waking up in the night. I have a lot of clients who wake up in the night hungry, wondering why they're hungry and why they're tired all the time. Um, but you're right. Like having a, being fed is, is a way of being, of finding homeostasis and your body's like, okay, thank you very much. Now I can sleep. Um, being hungry is probably one of the reasons why people are tired. And sleep quality, right? You know, they're hungry. They wake up in the middle of the night, the disrupted REM sleep. They've had less quality sleep. Cycle continues, yeah. smash more coffee, stress the system out, yeah. yada, 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 yada. Now we're on 15 cups a day. Now you're doing five energy yeah. drinks a day. You're like, fucking hell, guys, where does this stop? I was like, man, yeah. I think it stops with our body shutting down. You know, we take these yeah. pain pills and, you know, kind of put a plaster on a broken leg and, oh, no, it's fine. It will go away. Mm, the symptoms yeah, the going band-aids. away. Yeah, right. but it's not going anywhere. What I'm finding though, is that, so I'll meet people who are at the tail end of being able to manage that anymore. Right. So the, where it's become really quite unsustainable and the, uh, you know, I'm working with people who have eating disorders or disordered eating to the point where it's like, I can't, uh, you know, I've had it and in, in restoring. So in the process of, of beginning to eat again and, um, attune again, rest, sleep, um, move in more gentle ways if we need, you know, not so hit class every, you know, twice a day, um, that there's this extreme amount of fatigue that happens. So I'll work, you know, like when we finally stop and, and, and say like, okay, I kind of surrender to like, I need to take care of myself that there is like the body's like great. Cause I am absolutely exhausted. And there's a period of time months, perhaps, um, I've seen it go into like almost a year of the body just um, like getting like where finally that exhaustion is allowed to come up and it's not being tempered with coffee and, and uh, you know, pills and things. Um, and there's just this like apps. Yeah. This period of absolute fatigue as the body like rebuilds and rewires. And that's scary too, because it can feel like you're getting worse before you get better. Yeah. But um it's so common and it's so it's like the burnout cycle, right? Where the body's just like, I'm done. I need to go into freeze for a while and I need to rebuild here. And then I'll feel safe enough to come back out and into the world and we can try this again. Yeah. It's like when everybody goes on holiday, they get ill, you know, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. because the adrenal system, the nervous system has been like, Oh, okay, cool. I've got five minutes. <laughs> Mint. Here we go. Here's everything at once. Here's everything I've been collecting. Yeah, Thank exactly. You, very much. you know, yeah. you've just been in survival mode all this time. And, yeah. You know, so how do we, how do we get through it? Well, that's a, that's a really great question. You know, I did a little bit of a case study, I guess, um, just in class. We're like, you ram people, they're going fucking hard. You kick them out. Uh, watch how they uh, leave the gym. Everybody's wired. Okay, cool. Do the same thing again, but at the end, we're holding a stretch. Each side, 90 seconds, right? 
But during those three minutes, you have to do box breathing or nasal only breathing. Everybody's like, calm down. Just really, I don't care what you're stretching. Just we're all laying down. We're all doing our thing, focusing on the breath, right? And they walk out and people are just calm. The way they're talking to each other is calm. It's real soft. They like walk out like they're yawning. They're like, oh, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. And it's like, hmm, okay, cool. We don't do any intentional work to yeah. down-regulate from the day. And right. it's, it was uh, it was very interesting to watch. I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe we need to do a better job of that. Yeah, okay, they can do the high-intensity stuff, but we need to bring them back down. Yeah. Rather than just oh you know you know your body guys it's like a lot of people don't yeah they're not gonna uh, or they don't get time for that oh, I mean even in, yeah they're not gonna do it and I mean admittedly it's I I do better when I'm when it's intentional and when I when I have some accountability for it to be honest um it's it's helpful to build that in but to your point like uh, with with some of the somatic training I'm doing where we incorporate those sort of down regulating techniques, even in the middle of a day, not necessarily after a session or something, but like in, in a, in a coaching session, we'll do uh, that for a few minutes. All right. Dog is behind me with a big cone on his head. Um, uh, and there is, I think it's like the steady peppering of that over time in like small doses. It doesn't have to be like you say three minutes, you know, it doesn't have to be hour long meditations. Um, although if you want, if you like that, that's great. But the the like ju- put putting it here peppering it in um and even if outside of those minutes you go back to a sympathetic state i think that like to to ch- help the body understand the road back yeah. to ventral vagal and to to sort of like oh okay this is where that is i and be, to have it be able to move between those states more easily and a little bit more frequently it's like training any other muscle in the body where it's the repetition of it over time that starts to help the nervous system understand what it's like, Oh, that's what I'm looking for. And then you're finding it in other moments. So those seconds that you lead people with at the end of a, you know, a workout, they might have a moment the next morning or afternoon where they're like, Oh, this is a little bit of that. Like, this is a little bit of that calm and slow, like, and they, and they're sort of priming their brains to pick up on when those moments might exist in their day or when a breath cycle might be productive or, or feel good. Um, where they might have otherwise bypassed it because they're just not ever going there to know what that is. Mm, for sure. We've got to touch base, right? We've got to grease that groove, get your reps in at the end of the day. Like you've got to prove to yourself that you can do it, you know? And I think it's always going to give you confidence as well when you go into high stress environments, which is going to happen. You know, I'm not saying like run away from stress. I think mm. we should adapt ourselves to in a way where we can deal with it. Right. And then bring ourselves down, bring ourselves up and then somewhere in between. It's like, are you going to go into that environment thinking, okay, cool. I'm not going to freak out and break down. I'm actually going to be able to control myself a little bit more. And you know where that that mechanism is. You know where the base is. You can go over and you can touch it. You know, you can just go, oh, I'm going right. to need to go for a piss. And then you just go to the bathroom and do some breathing or something, right? And you're <laughs> yeah, all good. Yeah. You know, whatever yeah, it is. So, it's real world application. For sure. <laughs> some people have like fidget spinners and stuff. Some people do breath work, yeah. whatever, you know, just... Um, yeah control yourself is a little bit more rather than getting all fired up and always working on survival mode is a big one. That's definitely a big one. I spoke to a lot of people um, in the PTSD scene, psychologists, yeah. psychiatrists, some very smart people like yourself talking to a 
blonde guy who teaches adult PE, you know, and um, it's it's crazy the amount of people working in survival mode. Like there is no cooperation. It's all conflict. And to be honest, mate, I got to hold my hands up. That was me for a fucking vast majority of my life. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like that life is a fight. You're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> life should be like the integration, yeah. the cooperation between people. And like, what are you talking about? Like, it's, it's crazy. And once you kind of turn that page and you see a different perspective, I don't think you can go back. And I think uh, we need to do a better job of, oh, all right, okay, cool. I'm freaking out. And then that's coming off in a bad way towards the other person in the conversation. So how do I downregulate myself? So then we're in a little bit more of a cooperative state, you know? Yes. And uh, yeah, I, I also, uh, you know, I was the epitome of the opposite at one point. And that's what I probably why we do what we do is having mm. been there long enough to say like, this isn't working. Mm. Um, and what else is working? But it's funny, I have three kids and my daughter uh, they're my oldest one is just in middle school and they're teaching this stuff in school now whereas you know this never would have been broached and when I was a kid but they're they're talking they have actual times of the day designated to regulation wow uh, I mean I don't know how you know it might just be checking a box as far as you know like it, it that's what the schools are doing but I, I mean there is some attention given towards it and i feel like my kids have better regulation skills than i ever did at that age and maybe even now 100 <laughs> percent. you know like it's uh yeah it's that interesting these new what do they call it steiner steiner skills it's like different ways of learning you know they learn a lot more through play and stuff like that and i'm like well I don't know. I don't know if that's the right thing, but like, I guess we're going to find out, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll know soon enough. Yeah, give them, <laughs> give them 15 years. Are they like functioning people in society or are they hippies on the Or fringe? do we need to go backwards, right? <laughs> yeah. Do we need to be corporal punishment or something? Probably not. But um, Pendulums. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Can we not just centralize guys and figure this out? No, do we got to swing from both sides? You're like, fuck's sake, like, what's going on? Maybe to get there, we do. Yeah, maybe. Somatic, talk to me about it. Somatic training. Right. So I'm in the middle of that. It's, it's a three-year process and it, uh, it's, it's very, very slow. Somatic training is basically a uh, somatic means of the body, right? So it's, it's looking at the body's language instead of just the mind. Cause we tend to live in the minds and I'm, and I like the mind. I like intellectualizing. I like cognitive stuff. It's, it serves me well in many ways, but, um, just the complete disconnection from my body was, I mean, especially in eating disorders, this is my area, you know, this is the realm in which I work and many of us are disconnected from our bodies um, or overriding our body signals. So somatic work is looking at helping, helping us do exactly what you were just talking about, which is recognizing when we were, we're in fight or flight or when, when our body is in survival state to, to be able to read that because uh, because I think actually half of the battle is even knowing because it feels so normal. It's just kind of the way we run, we run as a society. So it, we wouldn't really pick up on the fact that anything was wrong, you know, so to speak, you don't you don't see it as that. So it's it's being able to understand what your body's doing, what state it's in, how fast it's getting there, how intensely it's sitting there and how to bring it back to balance through um a whole bunch of things, but co-regulate through other people in your environment, through your senses, through your heart rate. Um, and it's, 
it's this uh, training process that takes, again, it takes three years. And when I first started it, I'm in the middle of it now. When I first started it, I, I was thinking, can we speed this up? <laughs> like, I feel like I could get this done. I could have this certi- certification in about a year. Why do we need? And over the over time, I've realized, oh right, like that's my impatience, and that's my you know this 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 performative nature. You know, this like get it done, get it done. Mm. And over the training, I've really, really, it's helped me understand why like slowness and why patience and why. It, in and of itself, like what I'm trying to to do here is like showing up in the process of trying to do it. Um, so I'm not yet there, but uh, it's been fascinating to me. And um, just just talking through the language of the body and, and paying a lot more attention to how that's showing up in, in my own every day and in my clients every day and how that interacts with our minds, too, and how they work together. That's for damn sure, right? They work in synergy, right? Well, some people they work against each other, but we're trying to get it working synergistically, right? Like yeah. in this uh collaborative combination. They are connected yeah. by this thing called a neck, right? It's supposed, <laughs> it's supposed to supposed to work as one thing, as one as one person. Right. And a lot of the time, you know, I, we seem I hear it all the time, my body works against me, my body's failing me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Like we need to get into that, go into the weeds. Why? Why is that? The law of five whys, right? Ask somebody why five times, you get to the real answer. Mm. And usually it's something upstairs. And then something mm. upstairs is usually something downstairs. So then you got to figure that out and you're like, right, okay, cool. How can you work with yourself rather than against it? Because you're trying to fucking beat the shit out of it. Yeah. No wonder it's rebelling. You know, it's basically a, an infant child, you know, sat on yes. a naughty step. It's like, I want to go watch Teletubbies or whatever. You're like, right. <laughs> Pack it in, will you? Well, it's a, it's it's a child and a it's like also like a wise your wise uh, old old man inside. You know, that's just kind of like I, I'm. I want what I want, but I also know that I need this, mm-hmm. and you don't. <laughs> you're not. You know, you're not giving it to me. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, the control panel. Yes. <laughs> I I got three questions. Yeah. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? That's tough. I don't know. It's not really advice. It's just one of those uh, cliche statements that turned out to be true, um, which is this too shall pass. And and you know what's funny is how that intersects with somatic work is that when when you are in fight or flight or when you are feeling urgency and like your mind's running the show, you feel like it is life or death or like it will last forever. If you don't fix this, like you're in danger or if you don't finish it or if you don't achieve this. Um, and part of being in the present moment is recognizing that that's a, that's a fleeting feeling. Like there will be, there is this like energy and it will also fall. Um, so what feels very much like life and death um, is just part of a wave. Uh, that's been really interesting to me actually to watch to, to that term itself and just to watch how that applies and it keeps evolving for me mm-hmm. as I learn about this stuff. What's the worst piece of life advice you have received? <laughs> do I have to tell you who said it? Um, <laughs> no, you don't, but you can do if you want. <laughs> um, uh, that shame is our greatest teacher or fear rather not shame fear is our greatest teacher um, meaning to rule by it so I was brought up in a, an environment that like promoted uh, 
that like in order to uh, change yourself and to uh, achieve things that you needed to be afraid wow. and that you'd be motivated by fear. Wow. Yeah, it was the opposite. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily with an iron give fist. That, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't give that to kids, but. No, I mean, it wasn't explicitly stated. It was just modeled. Mm. But, you know, no, I found I that that one, I that one's a no. Yeah, everybody I can think of, either through the gym, mates, family members, myself, situations, anybody who's been really scared has ended up rebelling. Oh, yeah. They've jumped the other way. Just yeah. as a fuck you, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to run away from that as fast as you can. Wow. Roll with an iron fist. Probably not the greatest, greatest of things to do, but hey, we live and learn. It's a generational sort of approach, I think. Yeah, time. yeah, maybe, maybe. What are the three words you tell your younger self? Oh, you're, uh, it won't make it a contraction. Then it would be three words. You are safe. Yeah. Safety is a theme for me. So that that's been like the, the concept of safety itself has been, uh, elusive. So that that's, that's what I need at the end of the day. That's what she needs at the end of the day. Mm. Mate, thank you so much for your uh, vulnerability. My pleasure. It was nice to meet you. Right, this is an honor and a privilege, mate. Thank you so much. Honestly. You're welcome. You're welcome. Welcome back anytime. If I'm Thank ever you. dotting around off the East Coast on a rubber dinghy. Yeah, you let me know. I'll give you a phone call. <laughs> Let's grab a coffee. All right. We'll do. Right. Appreciate it, mate. You have a great okay. day. You too. Thanks, I'll see boss. you later. See you later, Bye. everybody.